Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Steve Creasy from the DCL Podcast drops by not to talk to us about Disney Cruise Line, but to talk to us about Run Disney. What is Run Disney, and why is it one of the most unique and magical experiences you can have at Disney Parks? Steve lets us know why, and almost convinces Leslie and myself to dust off our running shoes. You can find old episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on. Special thank you to HH1150 and MJCJRFL77 for leaving us reviews recently. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we've been doing this for, you know, over a year now, and we've covered most of the basics. That means it's time for us to get into some of the more nitty gritty, some of the more niche aspects of Disney, like we did the other day with Renee about uh, military discounts. What that means is Leslie and I know nothing, and we need to bring in experts, people who know stuff, to talk about these kinds of things. And so one aspect of Disney vacations that people are really into is what's called run Disney. So Disney holds some races. Uh, I used to run, but now I'm garbage. And Leslie, I don't know. Do you run regularly? Or maybe no. we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't put that out in public. I don't know. No. <laughs> I have never been able to run. Bad knees. Yes, I have bad knees too. That's why I don't <laughs> run anymore. Um, so you run after your kids. Yeah, I run after the kids. That's true. So to talk about Run Disney, we're bringing in Steve Creasy. He is from the DCL podcast, my favorite Disney Cruise Line podcast. Of course, because we are who we are. Steve, you're here representing the DCL podcast, but you're here to talk to us about Run Disney. How are you doing today, Steve? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. You know, Let's talk about the DCL podcast at the uh, end of the episode. So, Steve, Run Disney. Let's just start with the basics, like kind of what's going on? How many races does Disney have? Is Run Disney just like a Disney World thing? Is it a Disneyland thing? Is it is it like a cult? What's going on with Run Disney? <laughs> well, I guess, you know, some people could say well, cult, but uh, no, Run Disney, like you said, it's just kind of Disney's extension for the running crowd. And it started off actually down in uh, Disney World and Disneyland. They have since curtailed it just to Disney World right now. They stopped the Disneyland races probably about two years ago, and they kind of blamed the construction. I'm not sure exactly why they slowed it down, but all of the races right now are run out of Walt Disney World, and there's also one over at Disneyland Paris where they run a half marathon over there as well. So that's kind of where everything is. And the cool thing about Run Disney is, in all honesty, it kind of – incorporates everybody i mean it's got some serious runners up front and there's there's some walkers in the back so you don't necessarily have to run so you guys are both in uh, don't tell maybe us that. yeah, yeah. Don't tell us that. yeah we're good. <laughs> no i i might do the little fun run they do on castaway key that that i know they they do that is that a run disney affiliated race as well or each uh, ship, when they go to Castaway Key, they have that run. I'm not sure if that's technically affiliated with Run Disney, but they do run one race that is affiliated for sure, and that happens right after Marathon Weekend. So that gives, and we'll I, we'll jump into this, I suppose, in a little bit. But there are several races that go on during Marathon Weekend, culminating in the marathon on Sunday, and then you can jump over onto the Disney Dream leave on monday and i think two days later you run a race on castaway key and that's all incorporated into that marathon weekend and that's an actual run disney race 
Do people drop dead after doing this? They run a marathon, and then they go on a cruise, <laughs> cruise ship and go run another race? Well, it like... is kind of crazy. We could get into talking about Dopey and some of the other challenges that they have. My brother and his partner have done it, and it's, it, those are pretty crazy. And yeah, they're pretty tired after that weekend. All right, let's 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 hold back the Dopey uh, for later. You know, that's a good tease. You know, I guess the first thing that I would ask is, you know, I used to, I mean, I wasn't joking. I used to run, you know, and I've done... Marine Corps Marathon and did the New Jersey Marathon. This Honestly, talking about this, it just feels like it was in a past life, but it did happen. And so I guess my first question is, you know, what makes Run Disney special? Is it just that you're running through the Disney parks or, you know, what does Disney do to make Run Disney? You know, I was joking about being a cult, but I know Run Disney people are really into the whole experience. So what's special about the Run Disney experience? So I, like you, Joe, have actually run the uh, Marine Corps Marathon. I've run the Portland Marathon and uh, several other halves around the country. And I think what really makes Run Disney special, first of all, you know, it's got that Disney experience, the quality that we kind of associate with just visiting Walt Disney World, Disneyland, sailing on Disney Cruise Line. There's They, they definitely have that quality there. And that c- kind of plays out in just the organization. It's really well organized. They have... Uh, medical and food stops all around the way. You get to run through the parks. So for that Disney side of you, I mean, there's nothing more magical as being able to run through the parks. Kind of a side note, sometimes you get to run through the back stage area. So you get to see some kind of behind the scenes stuff as you're running as well. And the overall just group of people that run Run Disney are so positive. I think that's true in general for most running events, but I think it takes it to just like another degree for people that are just really passionate about Disney, passionate about running, and it just makes it a really positive experience. And I think that's why people keep coming back. So well, that sounds kind of inspiring, like enough that I might get inspired to to do one of the shorter runs uh, at some point. But Don't let's lie. talk about... Lo- Don't lie. Okay. I might. I might. Um, so let's talk a little bit about logistics. So how, if you're interested in doing one of these uh, Run Disney events, how do you sign up? Is it super in demand? Is it like you have to be fastest finger to get into some of these runs um, or any sort of tricks and hacks for beating the crowds for it? A couple different answers to that. Up until last year, it was pretty tough to get into like Marathon Weekend. And that's the one that I've done twice, to be completely honest. I have not done Princess and some of the other other weekends that they have wine and dine. But up until last year, you pretty much had to be on it within the first day or so of registration to get into the half marathon and the marathon. And last year kind of changed. I think the actual numbers dropped off almost a third to a half. And a lot of it, people are speculating, is are people are people done with it? Did the price point get too high? Or is it a Galaxy's Edge symptom too, where people are just waiting till next year? And I think it, I think it's probably a little bit of everything, but I really think a Galaxy's Edge is going to make a difference. But more to your point, you go to rudddisney.com and there are certain dates for each one of the weekends as they open up. You can sign up for an email. They'll email you to remind you, hey, tomorrow's the sign up. And just looking at the events kind of coming up, the shorter events are selling out. So once again, for the marathon weekend that just happened in January that I ran, the 5K and the 10K were sold out, but the half and the full you could get into day of. So your best bet to make sure you want to go is to probably sign up that first day, especially if you're doing one of the shorter races right now and also for the other ones. The only advantage that I know of, and I'm not sure if annual pass holders can do it, but if you're a DVC member, they do have a certain amount of spaces allotted to DVC, and you can actually sign up for that before it opens up to the general public. So how far in advance is the sign up from the event itself? I mean, how many months are we talking lead time? Yeah, so I'm just looking at the marathon again. I'm just going to pick on one of the races. Uh, That comes up in April, 
And so, and then it's run in January. So what is that, like seven, seven to eight months, I guess, ahead of time. And to be honest, you're really going to want to do that because depending upon where you want to stay, if you want to stay on property, you know, as a DVC, we're, we're DVC members, we do not have DVC points at Walt Disney World. So that's a whole other subject. But by the seventh month window for us to book, those DVC rooms are gone. It's really hard to get into. And a lot of the resorts will fill up for Marathon Weekend. So in all honesty, it's kind of something that, not that you can't plan it last minute, but just like everything else, Disney, it kind of helps if you plan it further out. I mean, I can't say that if you are running a marathon, you plan for that for four and a half months. So I think uh, you are good at planning things, hopefully, if you're running that. So let's talk about the price point a little bit. I want to say I saw that this year's you know, obviously we're talking in 2019 right now, but you can just assume that the prices are going to go up if you're listening to this um, sometime in the far, far flung future. But here in 2019, I think I saw that the marathon weekend was like $179. You know, is that about what you paid? I th- or did I just pull that number out of nowhere? I, th- I, I think it was like 180 something. And for next year for the marathon, just the marathon itself, it's 190 I did a little research ahead of time. And if, as far as like big marathons go, and I know that everybody has their price point, but if you look at like Chicago, New York, and some of those big marathons, both of those marathons are much more than what Disney's are. Now, Joe, like you and I ran the Marine Corps marathon. I thought that's a really good marathon. It was well organized. You get the Marines all out there kind of cheering you on and everything like that. But I think, I think Disney even topped that as far as the amenities along the course. And so I think you get a good value for what you're paying for. Yeah, I mean, marathons are not cheap regardless. Those clocks aren't going to pay for themselves. No. (laughs) So uh, we kind of skipped over this a little bit, but what are the four different race weekends? So there is Marathon Weekend itself. There's Wine and Dine, uh, Star Wars, question mark, and Princess. Are those the other two? Yes. So there's Star Wars is coming up here in April. Star Wars one, they they used to have, this is kind of cool, just on a side note, they used to run one the light side on one side of the coast the light side i think was in disneyland and the dark side was in disney world and you could as part of like these packages you can kind of put together if you ran both then you got a third medal that that showed that you competed it but since the disneyland one isn't happening now they have a virtual race which that's a whole nother topic too but you run a virtual race at home so you run a virtual half at home then you go down to disney world run that uh, race at disney world and then you get three medals out of it but yeah star wars in april Wine and Dine in October. The big marathon weekend is January 8th, and the princess is in February. And the only full marathon is the one in January. The rest, the longest court or the longest race is a half marathon. Oh, so all those other race weekends are just halves. Yeah. Interesting. I can maybe still do that. So I do know that these marathons start incredibly early. Walk us through, you know, if you're a runner, how early are you getting up? Where are you starting? Like, how, how does the process go on the day of a run itself? Okay, so they recommend if you're staying, and this is kind of a cool thing, they run buses to all of the resorts. So if you stay on Disney property, your transportation is taken care of, which is kind of cool. They recommend, so the marathon started at 530. That's when the first wave went. And they recommend you being on a bus at three o'clock in the morning. Now, the last two years, we have waited till about four to get on because that's pretty early in the morning. (laughs) Basically, we've waited till about four to get on. That gets you down. You have to go through security. You got to drop off your stuff. And then it's probably about a half mile to a mile walk to get to the starting point. All of the races start in the Epcot parking lot. And 
we were easily there within like 30 or 45 minutes ahead of time before the race started. And it could be really cold in January. So that was part of the reason why we waited a little bit longer too. I take back everything I said about thinking that I could do this. I, I remember now why I didn't sign up for the Disney races. <laughs> it's because of that early start time. I think Marine Corps started at like 630. That was like doable. Yeah, yeah. Talk to us about, you know, the course itself. I mean, let's just talk about the marathon course. Do you run through all four parks? I heard, is it true you can like, if the rides are open, you can get on the ride in the middle of the race, you know? Yeah, you, yes, you can. <laughs> so it, it's like I said, it starts off in the Epcot parking lot. You kind of wind around and you end up on the road that lines into, or that leads into Magic Kingdom where the monorail goes along. And I don't know the road names, but uh, you run underneath the, you know, Welcome to the Magic Kingdom sign and then down around the contemporary through the magic kingdom. That's the first park you go through And that's pretty cool. I sent you some pictures, Joe. So if you want to use them and place them on, but by the time we got there, it was still dark. The castle was all, it still has all the Christmas decorations on it. So that is pretty cool. You come down main street, you got the castle in front of you. They put cheer people, people that are cheering on runners all down main street. So they're kind of clapping and it really kind of gives you a motivational boost. It's a really kind of a cool moment, but you kind of wind around through Magic Kingdom, then you come back out. From there, you kind of head by the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and down towards Animal Kingdom, through Animal Kingdom. Then you kind of wind down to ESPN and all through around the the play area, or excuse me, the play field, the ball fields and whatnot around ESPN. Then over to Hollywood Studios, and you finish up running around the international part of Epcot, and then you come back out through the front of the park, and that's where you finish. I'm exhausted. You know what this makes me think about, Joe? Disney transportation takes a really long time, but yet a human being can run it. So really, there should be no excuse for how slow the Disney buses <laughs> yeah, are, right? Yeah, they really should figure that out. They really should figure that out. I mean, you got the Disney buses and you got Steve running by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lapping the bus. So to go back and answer your question, too. Yeah, once the park's open to the general public, if you can stop and ride a ride if you want to. So there, I know a lot of people, they walk it. And that's their whole point is just to walk it, get the exercise. And once they get into Animal Kingdom, they'll stop and do Expedition Everest or whatever rides happen to be open. And they just kind of make it a fun event that way. And then you've got the people up in front that are, you know, worried about a PR, you know, their their best record time. And so it's, it, it's, it kind of takes the whole gambit, which makes it really kind of a fun weekend. And everybody, and I mean this in all honesty, everybody is so positive and supportive along the way. It's kind of an amazing uh, experience. Yeah. So what is the time limit? I know, you know, I want to say the shortest time limit I've seen is like seven hours to seven and a half hours. And you were telling me that there are some like balloon ladies who, if they pass you, then you must go back to go and not collect $200. You know, what is the time limit if you're walking it? So I was trying to look that up and I, for some reason I cannot find it. They tell you the day of the race or when you, when you go to the expo uh, race weekend, they talk about it there. I want to say it's like about eight hours or something like that, but they do. They have the group of ladies, they call them the balloon ladies that uh, follow up the end of the course. And if they catch you, you're kind of known as swept. And so then they have buses that will take you back to the starting line. And my wife, the last year when she ran part of the entry process is you put in a time from running a a previous race. And that's how they figure out which corral you're going to be in at the start. Well, she forgot to put her time in. So she was way in the back. And so she was talking to some of the people that were walking and there was a group of older ladies that they come every year and do it. And they kind of had a funny story. They got into animal kingdom and one of them had to use the restroom and they didn't want to use the porta potties along the way. So they pulled into the regular restroom 
and they're in there and all of a sudden somebody comes in and goes, the balloon ladies are coming, the balloon ladies are coming. Everybody just dropped what they were doing and just took off because they didn't want to get swept. So yeah, she got a kick out of that story. Oh, the balloon ladies sound scary. <laughs> I know, it sounds like stormtroopers, right? <laughs> they're probably just nice, nice, nice older women. Yeah. Just, uh, walking through the course. So I think one of the cool things about not just Disney marathon and run Disney weekends, but uh, races in general is, you know, it always becomes like a family event and everyone wants to be there to support people. I'm assuming most spectators aren't there at 530 AM for the starters pistol. Actually, I was there on a marathon weekend once and I remember we had to wait to cross Animal Kingdom's parking lot to let people through. So in terms of spectating, what are your best recommendations for people who are watching people in the race? You know, the one thing we haven't talked about is starting on Wednesday. So I'll just use Marathon Weekend. The first event for Marathon Weekend is on Thursday. So starting on Wednesday, they have an expo and that is over at ESPN. And that's where you pick up your number. They have merchandise for you to buy and everything else. And they also have pictures of the course. They don't put them online. I don't know if that's a safety thing for some reason, but they will have the course there at the expo. So you can kind of pick out different places, you know, depending upon where you're staying. There's tons of people out by the Grand Floridian as you run by and, and the Polynesians, so if you happen to be staying there, you can stop there. The one thing that they do offer, you can sign up for a cheer package. And I believe they charge a price for it, but I couldn't find it. And that offers you some different- Disney charging prices? No way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and that gets you, I think those are the people that are lined up along Main Street when you come into the Magic Kingdom is I think you have to sign up for that to be able to do some of the portions like that. But you do not have to pay for it. You don't have to- you know, sign up for a cheer package. You can find different places like, like where you walk through Joe into animal kingdom. That's another place. As you pass the entrance there, you kind of go along the parking lot and a lot of people line up there to kind of find their runners. And what's funny is a lot of people have specific signs that they put up so that either the runners as they're coming along, they can, they can pick them out in the crowd. That's awesome. I guess one of my last questions is, you know, in terms of overall crowds in the parks, I don't know, after you run a marathon, maybe you're too exhausted to check out the parks after, but what are your impressions of kind of, does it really increase crowd levels or are most people there to race? So the ride times don't get too bad. I don't remember it being bad um, when I was there a few years ago during marathon weekend, but I'm just curious as to, you know, what your impressions are of the levels. No, I think everybody goes to the two or most people, you know, you know, for the longer races might go back and, and rest up a little bit better, but they're definitely into the parks that afternoon or definitely the next day. Cause everybody's got their medals. They like, everybody likes, they call it the bling. Everybody likes to wear their medals. It's amazing how many people, you know, congratulate you. The cast members will congratulate you. So you definitely see a lot of people in the parks wearing their medals, which to me means that people are going to the parks. We went to Epcot the day after and we went to Magic Kingdom the night of the marathon this this year. And I don't remember it being that bad. Nothing different than normal, I guess. So we teased it at the beginning, the Dopey Challenge. I want to know what that is. Give us the scoop. So the Dopey is probably the biggest one. They started off with the Goofy. And the Goofy originally was, and it still is, but that was the original kind of challenge. And what it is, is you pay just a little bit of additional cost to the races you run because you get an additional medal. So the Goofy was you run the half marathon on Saturday and the full marathon on Sunday. Well, they had to take it to another level. And when you look at all the races for marathon weekend, you have the 5K on Thursday, the 10K on Friday, the half on Saturday and the full on Sunday. So to do the Dopey Challenge, you run all four of them. And I think (laughs) other than doing that marathon in the end. Why? (laughs) 
<laughs> so my brother and his partner have done it two years in a row now, and they signed up again. Are they going to sign up again for next year to do the exact same thing when they didn't really have any plans? Because they, they say they have so much fun doing it. But I think getting up at three o'clock in the morning every day has got to be the hard. Yeah. I mean, I will say that if I recall, I think running the half and then the full has got to be the hardest part because running a five or a 10K a couple of days before the race, you know, that's that's just kind of warm ups if you're a marathon runner. But still. Why? <laughs> it's huge though. That and that's that will sell out. Like once again this year, the Dopey Challenge actually sold out because they kind of limit that, but the full marathon and the half didn't. So, yeah, people, people, you know, once they run the full, they run the once they run the half and then they run the full. I think they just want to be challenged by something else, and so that's what they put out there, and people love it. So tell us a little bit about some of the extras as well. I know people wear costumes and their characters, but at what point does that come into the the whole timeline that we've talked about. Yeah, you can you can definitely wear costumes. It's a little bit harder, you know, running a full marathon in a costume, but you will definitely see people out there. I saw somebody dressed up as the genie from Aladdin this year and I was kind of wondering because it was a pretty warm it was pretty warm this year, like how they were feeling when they got to the end of it. But yeah, definitely people wear costumes. I think it's a little bit more popular in the five and ten K. And then just kind of spaced throughout the course it's not really every mile, but probably every three miles, they'll have some type of character out there like Pluto. And they always have him next to kind of this like dirt area and he's dug up a bone. So you can get your picture taken with him. I'm a big fan of the Haunted Mansion. So they have the grave diggers out there I'm trying to think what, a, what, some, what are some of the other ones, but they're kind of put sporadically throughout the course. And, you know, it's it's a great way to just stop for a second, relax, and then get back into running again and just have a little bit of fun with it. And I think that's that's another reason why people come back and, and love doing it. It's just a marathon is a long run, but I think by adding those little touches and adding a little bit of fun and, dare I say, whimsy to it, it kind of makes it uh, kind of a more enjoyable experience. 26.2 miles of whimsy, <laughs> the Run Disney motto. <laughs> All right, Steve. So we like to end with a Disney do or a Disney don't. Do you have a Disney do or don't as it relates to run Disney? I would say the Disney do is do it. Get out there. If it's just the 5K, and I don't mean to say just the 5K, go out there and do it. It's an experience that I think you will not realize probably how much you will enjoy it once you get out there and experience it. I mean, it's kind of took our family kind of by surprise we did our first one two years ago had so much fun and you kind of hit on a show where it, it becomes kind of a communal experience and now my brother and his partner run it and his sister and brother-in-law are coming in as well and so what started off as just four of us has grown to six and next year there's actually 10 of us going so you know if you're looking for something different to do don't be held back by it just get out there and do it okay joe Marathon weekend 2020. We signed up for the 5K. I bet you it's already sold out. Oh, darn. <laughs> Just a FYI for everyone out there. Excuses. Star Wars run is the weekend of April 4th to 7th, 2019. Wine and Dine is October 31st to November 3rd, 2019. Next year's marathon weekend is January 8th to 12th, uh, 2020. And you and me, Leslie, Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend. We'll go for the 5K February 20th to 23rd. 2020. So those are the events that are on the book so far. All right. So before we get you out of here, Steve, let's talk about your podcast, the DCL podcast. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect if they listen to you there? Yeah. So Christy and I started it probably two years ago now. And it's just, we love travel and we really love Disney Cruise Line. And so what we're trying to build is just kind of a, a community of people that 
love talking about Disney Cruise Line, love sharing their trips and trip experiences and tips along the way, kind of like what you guys are doing with Disney Deciphered. And so if you're interested in Disney Cruise Line, and we talk everything from the Caribbean to Europe to Alaska, and we throw in some other different cruise line experiences as well, just to kind of compare. But uh, if you're interested in that, come on over to the DCL podcast and check us out. You can find us on iTunes, Twitter, or excuse me, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I will say that I think the interesting thing about Disney Cruise Line is like Disney World, Disneyland, like it's feasible for people to do it multiple times a year. When you're talking about the amount of investment you need to make in a Disney cruise, if someone goes once a year on a Disney cruise, that's already a lot. So I think the great thing about their podcast is, you know, they're interviewing people and you get trip reports. You know, it's funny, like I don't really like listening to Disney World trip reports anymore because, you know, you kind of know what's going on at Disney World. But with Disney Cruise Line, there's so many different itineraries. Um, it's just great to hear kind of the different things that are out there, especially if you're thinking about going on Disney Cruise Line. Last thing, Steve, how can people connect with you if they're not uh, looking for you on your podcast? Just how can they connect with you on social media or contact you if they have questions about Run Disney? Yeah, if you have any questions about Run Disney, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, either through our Facebook group, where which is DCL Podcast on Facebook. And then I'm on Twitter, once again, DCL Podcast on Twitter. And I just opened up uh, a, an email site finally, steve at dclpodcast.com as well. You can reach me on any of those spots. And if you have any questions about Run Disney, I'll try and get you the answer. But uh, hopefully, uh, if you guys sign up for that Princess 5K, let me know about it because I might come run it with you. Awesome. Not awesome. But, but we should not commit <laughs> to these things, okay? All right. The challenge has been laid. I can't I can't resist a good challenge. I'm a low commitment kind of person. All right. Well, thanks so much, Steve, for coming on. I really appreciate you uh, enlightening us about Run Disney. Definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys, and all the best. All right, everyone else, we will talk to you next time. And Leslie, I will see you. At... No, I can't say it. I can't say it. You know where I was going to say I was going to see you, but I'm not going to say it out loud. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Jim. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.